You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Every now and then, you just have to respond to the bullshit. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the, the Breakdown. The, 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 The Breakdown. Right now, I am caught between a war of two very opposing factions of my own friends and family in my life. One group of friends and family have all begged me to never, ever again respond to a single false accusation saying that I have misspent or misallocated or scammed or defrauded a single person out of a single penny a day in my life. It has never happened. Every single person, family, cause, and charity I have ever raised a single penny for received every single dollar that we raised. And not a single person, not a single family or cause or charity that I have ever raised money for has ever even said that they didn't get the money that we raised. It's never happened. And I have maintained, as many of you know, very close relationships with each family that we've supported across the years to this very day. I have seen, though, hundreds of thousands of comments and DMs and emails over the past week begging me to just let the haters hate so that I can focus on the work that I do every day. And the truth is, you are right. I should not have to respond to this. It's false. It's a fabrication. It's a lie. But I have another faction of my family and friends, including my own wife, Ray. Some of my closest friends, including several staff members of the North Star, who are so stung and offended by the blatant misinformation and lies spread about me who they work with and work for and work alongside, spread about them and their work. Some of them, some of my friends and family, including my wife and others, colleagues, advisors, have advised me to pause my work, to temporarily stop advocating for families and justice so that I can once again explain to the public what I've already explained ad nauseum over and over again just one more time. And so here we are. I'm going to explain to you the full, unadulterated truth with receipts. If you go right now to my Facebook page, pinned on the top of that page, or if you click in the link in my bio here on Instagram, is a full detail of every dollar I've raised, FEC reports, budgets, my income, bank statements, IRS reports, 
audits from accountants, CPAs, and everything else, anybody telling you that I receive a single dollar for the advocacy work that I do, fighting for families, fighting for justice, is lying. Anybody telling you that I even receive an income for the work that we do for Ahmaud Aubrey, for Breonna Taylor, for Grassroots Law Project, for the Action Pack, is lying. We have filed FEC reports every quarter for years. And those budgets are public, but they don't care about the truth. We have to get to a point now where we have to ask ourselves, why are they lying and what do they get from it? Let me break it down. Break it down. Before I begin digging all the way in, I first want to thank so many of you for your unwavering support, for your support of the Grassroots Law Project, for your support of me, of my wife, of my family. This is not about me, and I'm not even recording this so much for me, but for the integrity and quality of the work that we do. We've had now nearly if my math is correct, nearly 7 million people that have participated in our campaigns over the past two months, fighting for justice for Ahmaud Aubrey, for Breonna Taylor, for George Floyd, and fighting for justice all over this country. In a few moments, I'm going to give a detailed narrative response to the continued false allegations about me, about my work, about my fundraising, about my wonderful colleagues at the North Star, my team at Real Justice, the team at the Action Pack, the brilliant team at the Grassroots Law Project. But here's what I know. The people who are lying, they won't listen to this. They won't share it. It won't go viral. They actually don't care about the facts. This isn't for them. This is for you. It's for our supporters. It's for the people who we're fighting for, the families that we're fighting for. And it's even for those of you who are on the fence about what to believe because you've seen so much misinformation. First, though, of those of you that are in a hurry, I'm going to provide right now some detailed facts for you about the money that I raise, the causes that I fight for, the families that I fight for. And later, I'll give you some real thoughts about why this is happening. If you want Click the link in my bio on Instagram or go to the very top of my Facebook page and everything I'm about to tell you, including every link to every FEC report that's a government filing, to the 72-page accounting report that has happened and more. You can read all of that for yourself. And anytime anybody ever lies to you and says Sean King is stealing money, point them to this. Point them to this podcast, point them to those articles so that you can be armed with facts. Understand that if I ever did one time what people are saying I do every single day, if I did it once, it would be a crime punishable by years in prison. It has never happened. It would never happen. That's why I have to continue to fight back against the egregious misinformation. And once you look at the facts and look at the data, once you look at the FEC reports that we have filed every quarter for years, then make your own decision and ask yourself, 
where are the families, just one of, one of the hundreds of families that I have fought for, where are the families saying that I have ever mistreated them in any way? I work with every one of these families every single day. Ask yourself, where are the charities that I have raised money for saying that they never got the money? It doesn't exist. It's an internet rumor. It is literally fake news. First, and I have to begin here, a team of accountants, attorneys, and some of the most respected activists, organizers, and leaders in the world, including Tamika Mallory from the Women's March, including Lee Merritt, who was the co-founder of the Grassroots Law Project, including multiple attorneys, an independent attorney, a CPA, and others, took weeks to look at years and years of my tax returns. I gave them every bank statement we ever had for 10 years. From every business, every organization, every personal and savings account, I gave them access, including usernames and passwords, to my credit card statements, to retirement accounts, to every single fundraiser I've ever participated in, shared, or consulted. And they issued a public 72-page report that if you click the link in my bio, I have a link to it there. It was the single most exhaustive, transparent look into the personal and professional finances of any leader I've ever seen in my life. I don't know of another civil rights leader or any leader from any profession for that matter that has allowed so many people so much complete, unfettered access to their financial life. I gave that entire team every username, every password, every document, including access to all of my emails, to all of my social media accounts, access to my text messages, and then just said, you look at it and draw your own conclusion. This team of experts then issued a statement, each putting their own name and career and integrity on the line. It covered nearly $35 million that I've raised or helped to raise since the Black Lives Matter movement began. And the report stated, as I have stated, that not once has anyone in my entire universe ever been scammed or cheated or defrauded out of a single penny. As I've stated, the report made it clear that I don't even have access to the money that I raise for families or causes. Every family I have ever supported made a statement in this report, and they each spoke up on my behalf, all of them. I speak to these families and support them regularly. No family, no charity has ever accused me of touching their money, more or less mismanaging it. It is a complete fabrication. It always has been, and it still is, which takes me to my second point. In 2017, I became a co-founder of the organization Real Justice, and I provide a link if you go to the link in my bio on Instagram uh, or go to the top article on Facebook, I provide a link to our website. We help elect bold, compassionate change agents as district attorneys. We are the leader in that space. And it is the best, most impactful work of my life up to this point. 
We just put our heads down and do the work. And we have moved mountains over these past four years. We have raised at Real Justice, raised and spent millions and millions of dollars. And in doing so, we have ousted horrible prosecutors all over the country as a result. We've helped to manage, guide, fund, and support successful campaigns that have already resulted in sweeping changes all over the country. We helped our organization, Real Justice, and you ask any one of these district attorneys. We helped to elect brave new DAs in Philadelphia, in San Antonio, in St. Louis, in Boston, in Portland, in San Francisco, in Jackson, Mississippi, in three places in Virginia, in Portsmouth, uh, Fairfax, and Arlington, in Contra Costa County, California, and in other places all over the country. Those DAs have changed the game in immeasurable ways, including reducing the jail population by as much as 50%. I have become close friends and partners with many of them. I literally spoke to three of our district attorneys just yesterday. I spoke to staff at different district attorney's offices this morning. Real Justice has filed public quarterly reports of our entire budget four times per year since we started in 2017. I provide links to them on the article. Click the link in my bio. Go to my Facebook page. You'll see it. I provide links to every FEC report we've ever filed. Every dime we've raised and spent is there. And so when people ask you, where in the world is all of that money that Sean is raising? Where is it going? Send them to those FEC reports. But listen, they won't go. They won't read the FEC reports. They never do. They won't quote them. They won't mention them. They'll pretend as if this work doesn't even exist. They don't care about the facts. Those FEC reports have been public for four years now. We issue new ones every quarter. They never get mentioned in a single smear of my work when people say, what is he even doing with all that money? That's what we're doing. Not only do I not have access to our money, I'm not even a signer on any of our accounts and never have been. I don't have the usernames and passwords to the bank accounts for real justice. I don't even have a say in where or how the money we raise is spent. It's been that way since we launched to protect me from false allegations and to protect our organization so that we can be beyond reproach. Our staff at Real Justice has regularly apologized to me that we even need it to be this way. It is actually somewhat humiliating. But we have an award-winning team of seasoned experts, attorneys, and accountants who manage every penny we raise, which takes me to my next point. It's the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, break it down now. Last year, after we started the North Star, I was advised by our attorneys and our senior team that it would be best that any advocacy and particularly any, any political work that I do, that we box it out of the North Star and put any of my advocacy or political work out of the North Star and into a separate organization. 
We call that organization, and many of you are supporters of it, thank you. We call that organization the Action Pack. And we did that so that the media work we do at the North Star would have an ethical wall, basically a hard wall separating it from the advocacy and political work that I lead. And we did that not only to protect me, to protect, but to protect the staff of the North Star so that their work could never be seen or classified as a campaign contribution. So if I'm out fighting for a candidate, but we're also using our media organization to do political work, it would be a problem. So we separated the organizations completely. They have completely different senior teams, completely different management teams, completely different bank accounts. Furthermore, I advised the writers and editors since day one of the North Star that if they were doing any stories about any political candidates to not even tell me about it, including Bernie Sanders or anybody else that I was supporting. But I wanted them to be able to write those stories independently of my views so that I would have no judgment of their work and they could just write what they needed to write. Like Real Justice, the Action Pack has filed quarterly FEC reports. Let me remind you, that is with the federal government for the past year to show every dollar we've raised and every dollar we've spent. Attorneys and compliance officers go through every detail of every dollar we raise and spend with a fine-tooth comb to make sure that we are beyond reproach. Those FEC reports, which I link in the article, which you can get from going to the link in my Instagram page or the article at the top of my Facebook page, or you can go to the northstar.com, Those FEC reports are publicly available, always have been. Again, when somebody says, I don't trust where the money Sean raises goes, look at the FEC reports for yourself. Send people there. But they don't go there. They won't go there. I lead and guide the action pack with a staff of nearly a dozen brilliant organizers, and I am literally the only person on the staff who does not get paid. I have never, not from the day we launched until now, I have never been paid for the work I do with the Action Pack. This past year, we raised over a million dollars, and we've spent almost all of that. And I have not received a salary or a stipend of any kind. I am literally a super volunteer. You can check the FEC reports. Don't take my word for it. Check the official reports. Again, our staff regularly tells me, how embarrassed they are that that's how we do it. But we do that so that nobody could ever actually question the integrity of our work. Nobody could ever say I'm doing it for a hustle. Nobody can ever say I'm doing it for an extra check because I don't receive a check. I don't receive an income. I am never and have never been doing this work for personal gain. I am often the first staffer up and the last staffer to leave but I do it for free. I always have, period, dot com. Anybody saying otherwise is lying. And over the past year, we have done the very best work of my life. I have pushed our small staff to their maximum capacity. And I have burned the candle, my own candle, at both ends doing this work for free. Nearly 7 million people have joined and supported our campaigns. We've made millions of phone calls. We've sent 
hundreds of millions of emails to elected officials demanding justice. And we've been very successful. We worked with the family of Rodney Reed to stop his execution. Rodney's brother, Roderick, is an advisor for the Grassroots Law Project. We worked to help free Michael Thompson from prison. We're still working to free Michael Thompson from prison. He's been in jail for over 25 years for a weed conviction. I speak to Michael often and have grown to see him as a friend, almost like an uncle. And we're still fighting for Michael Thompson. We worked with the family of Nate Woods to stop his execution and gave it our very best. And Nate's sister, Pamela, Pamela Woods, is an advisor for the Grassroots Law Project and has become my friend in this work. We are working alongside the family to, to free Christopher Kearney from prison. We raised the money to pay for his legal defense. And Christopher's wife, Tracy, is an advisor for the Grassroots Law Project and has become a major source of encouragement for me and our whole team. We are working hard to get justice for Steve Taylor, who was murdered by police right before the coronavirus pandemic began. began rather. And his attorney and the family attorney, Lee Merritt, is the legal director of the Grassroots Law Project. Some of the best work I have ever done is going on right now to get justice for Ahmaud Aubrey. Before this case was even known nationally, his family asked me to help them in any way that I could. We stopped our entire lives to begin the fight for Ahmad, and millions of people joined us. Over 500,000 people all over the world ran for Ahmad. We sent over 100 million emails and phone calls to elected officials for Ahmad. Lee Merritt is their attorney, and the public has no idea how hard this campaign was and all the complicated work that has gone into it behind the scenes. Ahmad's mother, Wanda Cooper-Jones, is also an advisor for the Grassroots Law Project and openly said that she was thankful to God, me, and Lee for getting their family this far in the pursuit of justice. We are working directly with the families of Breonna Taylor and Kenneth Walker and with the attorneys for both families and are fighting to hold the officers who murdered Brianna accountable. We raised the legal defense fund for Kenneth and fought to get him released. I've talked directly with Brianna's mother, Tamika, and her sister, as well as the parents and siblings of Kenneth Walker, and their attorneys are my close personal friends. This week, our team has made tens of thousands of phone calls to the Louisville City Council to get Brianna's law passed, which bans most uses of no-knock warrants, it passed committee and will soon be up for a full vote. Working directly with the attorneys of George Floyd, we built the campaign to hold the officers who murdered him accountable. And millions have joined the campaign and have sent hundreds of millions of emails and phone calls to elected officials on this case. It also is some of the best, most organized work we've ever done. And Stephen Jackson, who was like a brother to George Floyd, is also an advisor to the Grassroots Law Project and has walked with us every step of the way. Our team at the Action Pack started a national mutual aid society to help people and families impacted by the coronavirus that we call the C-19 Help Squad. We don't even accept donations, but instead we match people who can help with those in need 
with people who actually need the help. And it's a beautiful, vibrant, active community of generous people who have given hundreds of thousands of dollars in direct aid to those in need. Beyond that, they've completed thousands of other tasks ranging from running errands to people who were incapacitated, to delivering food, delivering medicine. They've provided jobs to people. They've provided housing and clothing. They've paid countless bills and so much more. We've also created a powerful database of resources for people to take advantage of. And we just do this work in private. And people had the nerve to say we were raising money for coronavirus victims and keeping it. It has never happened. We're not even raising money. We are just facilitating donors and people in need to support each other. We don't even brag about the work we do. We don't do press releases or anything else. It's a private group of thousands of generous people managed by the paid staff of the Action Pack. People started blasting this work and telling people not to give to it. And we haven't even been taking donations. I don't even take a salary, but people continue to post that I am scamming and skimming and stealing anyway, and it's wrong. They just basically want anything I do to fail, even if it's helping people who are hurting from the coronavirus pandemic. Our team on this project, who have all worked so hard to pull it off, has been so stung by the public rebuke that they or us scammed a single soul. It's destructive and it's hurtful. I have delivered, on average, two eulogies a week at funerals for the past three months. I have spoken at nearly 50 different middle school, high school, and college graduations. Like our coronavirus work, I have done all of that, of course, for the love. So it hurts when people begin maligning our good work and efforts to help relieve the pain of some people who are really experiencing trauma right now, which takes me to the Grassroots Law Project. First, a quick word from one of our sponsors, BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is even available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Listen, you can visit betterhelp.com breakdown. That's better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. We have a special offer for, offer rather for listeners of The Breakdown. You get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash breakdown. This week, we just launched the Grassroots Law Project to be the official home for all of our justice-related cases and all of our justice-related work. My friend and brother Lee Merritt is going to serve as the full-time legal director for the Grassroots Law Project, and I'll serve as the lead strategist and organizer. This week, thanks to the amazing generosity of all of our donors and volunteers, 
We've not only hired Lee, but nine other full-time staff members to help lead that project. They are one of the most brilliant, skilled, experienced, determined teams that I've ever been a part of. Our custom design call tool, which I help lead, it guides volunteers through calls for causes all over the country. We've made as many as 500,000 calls in a single day, and that tool alone cost us nearly $50,000 per month. Our customized super petition system, which emails the elected officials that we target, now costs nearly $30,000 a month. And the more we grow, the higher the cost. But again, I do not get paid for this work. I work on it daily, sometimes working all day, guiding the team. I help set the strategy. But I am doing the work without receiving a dime of income, nothing. Again, I am the only unpaid staffer on the team. So anybody saying I am using this work for my own personal or financial gain is not only lying, they're being willfully and intentionally destructive. We're working directly with families to make changes. And those lies that people continue to spread are a distraction. They're also slanderous and libel. But anytime we try to fight back against the lies, people then say we're doing too much. We're officially being advised by the families of Ahmaud Aubrey, Oscar Grant, Sean Bell, Philando Castile, Rodney Reed, Nate Woods, Christopher Kearney, and more. These are all families that have been deeply impacted by the evils of mass incarceration and police brutality. We not only do this work for them, but we do this work side by side with them. They are our partners. So when people post, don't give to Sean King when we raise funds to do the work of the Grassroots Law Project, they are the frauds, not me. They are the scammers. I don't make a dime off of this work, but I'm giving it my whole life. When people post on social media not to work with the Grassroots Law Project, you are basically telling them not to work with Ahmad's mother. They are telling them not to work with Philando's mother. They are telling them not to work with Nate's sister. They're telling them not to work with Oscar's uncle. When you say don't work with Sean King or don't give to the Grassroots Law Project, you are basically telling people not to work with Christopher's wife. You're telling them not to work with Rodney's brother. You're telling them not to work with Sean Bell's widow. They are an official part of the work that we do. When you tell people that I am scamming these hurting families, not only are you lying, but you are serving as a major distraction and hindrance to those families, sometimes when they're already in a very, very vulnerable position, and it's gross. I had a family that our whole staff was trying to help about six months ago. They had experienced a horrible injustice. And people started telling the family that I would steal from them, which no family on earth has ever said about me. And so the family decided to stop working with our team. The people who told that family to stop working with me never actually did anything else for the family. And almost zero movement has happened on the family's behalf since people convinced them that I was going to cause them harm. It's tragic. It's not me that suffers the most in that case. It's that family. And this, this constant slander and foolishness 
hurts the families, and it hinders the progress and process of getting them justice. Last week, without even announcing it to the world or even mentioning it on social media, our team at the Grassroots Law Project raised over $866,000 for the top five bail funds in the country, in Minneapolis, in Los Angeles, in Chicago, in Brooklyn, and in Louisville. I've posted a link to the fundraiser. You can see it if you click the link in my bio. If you go to the northstar.com, if you go to the top of my Facebook page, you can see the fundraiser. I'm glad that the people who gave that $866,000 didn't listen to the voices telling the world not to give anything to the links that we're sharing. Those funds that we raised have already been put to essential use all over the country. And 100% of what we raised went exclusively to those bail funds, which takes me to the North Star. It's the pathway to freedom, it's leading to the North Star. I am so amazingly proud of our entire staff, 14 writers, editors, managers, producers, technicians, fulfillment and customer service staffers, and more at the North Star. I have to defend them today because so many lies and so much blatant misinformation has been shared about our staff. First off, we love working with each other. We're super close. Our young company is not even 18 months old. We're a startup. But we've had so much success in these first 18 months. Let me brag for a minute on our team and talk about our budget and talk about our resilient members and more. An article that was widely shared blasted our work, erroneously saying that over the course of our first 16 months, we hardly produced any articles, which is just a flat-out lie. I literally wonder if they even went to our website. Our editorial team, which is driven by trained journalists who've worked in the mainstream media and have advanced degrees in journalism, have produced some amazing work. In fact, our brilliant team has authored, edited, and published a staggering 1,534 articles since we launched. I love our articles. I love what we do. Our team meticulously fact-checks everything we do, knowing how much scrutiny they'll be under. We have a custom guide that we created that makes sure that we use liberated language on race and racism and mass incarceration and police brutality, white supremacy on women's issues, on LBGTQ issues, on slavery, and so much more. We saw people this past week all over the internet saying that the North Star had closed down, that it wasn't publishing articles, and that it was just stealing people's money, which is foolish. This podcast that you're listening to right now is literally funded and financed by the North Star. It is one of the most heard, most shared, best-reviewed daily news podcasts in the country. It is beautifully produced. Every instrument, every sound, every track you hear on this podcast is original. We have over 11,000 five-star reviews on Apple. We have now produced 251 original episodes of The Breakdown, and some of our top episodes have now crossed over 1 million streams. 
a goal that I'm not sure I thought we'd ever cross. Our action steps have not only become viral, but they've literally changed the world. We've had dozens of successful action steps on our podcast. I literally had to delay this episode just to be able to write and explain all the foolishness that I'm talking to you about now. The North Star produced and released the entire first season of an original podcast called Married to the Movement, featuring my wife, Ray, who is so much more than just my wife. She's a doctoral student at one of the top universities in the nation. She taught elementary school for over 15 years. She was recently the director of diversity and inclusion at one of the top charities in the country. And she recently came on board to help manage the day-to-day operations of the North Star. The North Star just released a brand new original podcast series called Sick Empire, starring Brandon Janice. It also has five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's one of the best things our talented team has ever produced. It unpacks the true impact of the coronavirus on everyday people in the epicenter of it all, New York City, where our staff lives and works every day. The North Star has more original podcasts under development, And they're so brilliant and so unique. They center people and voices and stories that just aren't being told anywhere else. We've also recently been contracted out to produce an original podcast series for one of the largest hospitals in New York. Our podcast crew is stellar, and they work so hard to do with two or three people on our staff what larger companies do with 20 to 30 staffers. Right before the coronavirus pandemic hit, we hired an amazing full-time television producer to lead our first regular online video series. When we launched the North Star, we hoped to have videos, articles, and podcasts from day one. Damn near every person I spoke to told me to do one of those at a time, but I thought I knew better. They were right. It took us nearly a year to really nail the process of a daily podcast with daily articles and special original podcast. It was after we finally got those things under our belt that we decided to launch our first video series. Then the pandemic forced us to close our entire office building in Brooklyn, and our staff has been forced to work remotely now for over three months. Thousands of our members at the North Star lost their jobs. We know that because they literally wrote us and told us that they had to cancel their memberships because of the hardships they were facing. Most of them promised to come back when things got better. It dropped us all the way down to about 10,000 monthly members. And those monthly memberships are literally almost 97% of our budget. We have a few ads that give us a little bit of income, but we are member-driven. The Daily Beast erroneously stated that our monthly income was somewhere near $625,000, which is ludicrous. They literally made that shit up. I couldn't believe it. Our monthly income from our members now is under $100,000 a month. We use that to pay all 14 of our staffers a living wage, to pay for our office space, to pay all of our bills and more. Some media companies have CEOs that make more per month than our entire company. Our annual income for the company is on pace to be $1.2 million. Let me give you some perspective. 
The New York Times had $709 million in digital sales last year. They probably spent $1.2 million on toilet paper and soap. That's our whole budget. That's not my income. That's the whole thing. Every single member of the full-time staff at the North Star has health insurance, and we cover 100% of the cost for most of our staffers. We have mental health days and one of the most generous vacation and sick day policies of any media company I've ever seen. Again, my advisors all told me that was too much for a startup, but we insisted on trying to do it the right way. Like every startup, the North Star has had its successes and struggles. It was hard to get us off the ground. The biggest mistake I ever made was thinking that we could start the company with two offices in two entirely different parts of the country. Entrepreneurs with far more experience than me told me that before we launched, that we should not launch with offices in Atlanta and New York. But I just knew in my mind that we could pull it off. We couldn't. With my big family and with kids in elementary school, middle school, high school, and college, it was impossible for me to go back and forth regularly from New York to Atlanta and be there to pick up and drop off the kids every day. It was a major admission of defeat for us to close our Atlanta office, but it was something we had to do. I hired people who I hoped would balance my own shortcomings. Like every startup, some of those hires and relationships were the right ones, and some of them were wrong. I can say this, though. The North Star is a success story. We are a wildly different company in these last nine months than we were in the first nine. Under the leadership of our entire team, including our COO, we are the most organized and productive that we've ever been. We haven't let a single person go in nearly a year, and we have a team that I think could build something very special. I'm sorry, of course, that the struggles of our beginnings have overshadowed our current state as a thriving, debt-free company that provides a space for creatives of color to hone their talents. As our income for the North Star sank and sank during the pandemic, we came very close to having to let multiple staffers go. Instead, I decided to launch The Breakdown Live. It's recorded live from my house, it's produced from our team, and it's on Twitch. You can check us out at twitch.tv slash The Breakdown. We had an episode today. We launched it on Patreon so that the hundreds of thousands of listeners of The Breakdown who are not members of the North Star could just chip in and support our team. I don't receive a single dime of the income we've generated from Patreon. It doesn't even cover all that we've lost since the pandemic hit. But that income has allowed us, unlike so many mega outlets like Vox and The Atlantic, who have had furloughs and layoffs and pay reductions, it's allowed us to not lay off a single staffer. We haven't cut any salaries. We have not reduced any benefits. It's rough, and we're barely getting by, but we're holding on. Do the math. $100,000 split among 14 staffers with rent for our expensive office, all of our tech costs, all of our hosting costs, and none of us are rich or well-off with that. None of us. I made more income as the senior justice writer at the New York Daily News five years ago 
that I make as CEO of the North Star. And I'm also the host of The Breakdown and The Breakdown Live. I made more money five years ago. I made more income as the justice writer at The Intercept than I make for The North Star. I made more income as the writer in residence at Harvard Law School than I make for The North Star. In fact, I don't actually even make enough money at The North Star to support my family. So I have to write for other outlets, consult for businesses, and speak anywhere I can to support and supplement my income. Our staff has been impacted in a major way by the pandemic, and one of our team members even contracted the virus but recovered. During the pandemic, my mother-in-law was diagnosed with cancer and hospitalized for an emergency surgery. My own mother just last week was hospitalized for an emergency surgery, got a critical blood infection that became sepsis and fought like hell to beat it. Our nation has had a hell of a time these past few months. None of us are unscathed. Our nerves are frayed. Over 40 million people have lost their jobs. Over 100,000 people have died from the coronavirus. And we are experiencing police brutality and white supremacy out in the open all over this country. It's too much for me. It's too much for you. And I think that in the midst of all of this, I'm an easy target. In every battle we face, I'm there, fighting, organizing, speaking, writing, recording, sharing. In a time where it's truly hard to hold our system accountable, some good people have been deeply misinformed about me, about my work, about the teams I help lead, and the fundraising that I do. In the spring of 1999, I was elected the youngest student government president in over 50 years at Morehouse. I was just a sophomore. I won over 50% of the vote in a crowded field. And I really ran all the way back then, 21 years ago, as an activist and organizer more than I was a budding politician. A few days after I won, I had a chance to sit down with the late Reverend Joseph Lowry, who's often called the dean of the civil rights movement. And we were in a room that he and I both considered sacred on the campus. It was the small, weathered chapel of Sale Hall, where every legendary black voice imaginable from 1900 on had spoken. A young Martin Luther King Jr. came there to Sale Hall in that very chapel as a student for the mandatory twice-weekly chapel service, where he learned at the feet of the legendary college president, Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays who would go on to perform Dr. King's eulogy in the shadows of that same chapel just 20 years later. Sitting next to each other in seats at the back of the auditorium, Reverend Lowry leaned in and gave me a sage piece of advice that I've never forgotten. He says, son, nowadays your opposition won't kill you, but they will try to ruin you and wear you down. Stay focused. Surround yourself with people you trust and give each day your best. For the past 21 years of my life as a public leader, from Morehouse until this very moment, I've tried to take those words to heart each and every day. Reverend Lowry knew then what I know now. Those who oppose you and oppose your work, they won't necessarily kill you, but they will try to ruin you, smear you, defame your character, lie on you, gossip about you wear you down, and make you out to be something you aren't. And they will enjoy doing it. 
They will laugh at your expense. People will make it their literal mission to stop you and to even grow to feel like it's their calling to stop you. Several months ago, a team of data scientists concluded that one or multiple outside groups or corporations were likely funding and fueling a deliberate, coordinated misinformation campaign about me. Several months before that, so many of my friends and family and colleagues and classmates going all the way back to elementary school said that they were getting phone calls and emails from people claiming to be private investigators. On two different occasions, police and other local authorities literally showed up at my house after people filed false reports against my family. Now, I have no idea who the ultimate source of all that misinformation is, but either way, what they have intended to do, which seems to be to stop me, has not worked. It will not work. On an average day, my team and I see a few thousand mentions of me stealing from families and causes, of people saying that I'm scamming them, defrauding them, robbing them. Then we see these lies shared by real people that I thought I could trust. They believe the lie because someone they trusted believed it and posted it because someone they trusted did the exact same thing. It's been an out-of-body experience to see so many people believe and publicly declare that a complete fabrication about me to them is the absolute truth. In spite of that, more people than ever have signed on to support the work we lead. More people are volunteering. More people are donating. More people are actually doing the work. And I'm determined to keep pushing forward no matter what. Here's the thing, and I'll close with this. I will always swing for the fences. I will take chances and fail. I'll fight with my whole heart, and sometimes I will lose. In fact, we lose a lot in this fight for justice. I'll experiment with new ideas and new technologies. I'll try new concepts of organizing people. Sometimes they'll work. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes I'll take great advice. Other times I'll lean on my own intuition with varying results. But I have never and would never mistreat a single person. Even those who were let go in the early days of the North Star received a month's severance. And in the case of our co-founder, an entire year's severance. I will work day and night to give people from all over the world ways to fight alongside us. But I won't stop. I won't stop fighting. I won't stop organizing. I won't stop fundraising. I won't stop writing. I won't stop. Break it down.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.